Hey guys, it's Brooke Eagle here, and we have a brand new episode of the Forsyth Mags podcast. I have John Marzano and Mike McGilvery of Marzano Capital Group with me today. Hey guys. Hey, it's good how's to be with going? you. Yeah, how's it going? Glad y'all could come in and chat for a little bit today. Um, I kind of just want to kick things off with some background about Marzano Capital Group, and we'll start with John, kind of sure. how how you got into this this business. Well, I kind of always knew I wanted to be in the business. My father was in the business uh, with me growing up, and so that was always conversation around the dinner table. And after working for a private equity company out of college, um, got the opportunity to come back to Clemens and join my father in, in a practice, which ultimately we left the firm that we were at and started up our own independent practice. But um, kind of gravitated back to a community that has been a phenomenal community that's grown a lot. I mean, Clemens, Louisville, Davie County, Yadkin, we've, right. we've got a, a very um, hospitable area and quite honestly, a, a higher income bracket. So it works well for our business, mm -hmm. it truly does. Um, Mike joined us a few years ago, became partner here this past year, I yep. believe. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, last, uh, last May. Last, last May. May. Yeah, so it was a good opportunity and like John, my getting into the business was very similar, um, kind of started younger. Um, I had the opportunity to intern with John um, back in 2010 when I was still at East Carolina, and he kind of told me, hey, if you do this, this, and this, we can maybe find a spot for you. Um, luckily, did that. I was in the Charlotte market as a young financial advisor, green behind the ears, knocking on doors, and um, two years into that, John gave me the call, and it's, it's been a blessing for sure. It's, it's been great to, to awesome. get back to this community growing up here as well. So. I don't know what I'd do without the guy at this point in time. He's <laughs> I appreciate that. The business. There's no doubt. And he brings a whole new level of energy and, um, and, and just contacts from that standpoint. Mike, there's no, there's no moss growing under Mike's feet. <laughs> that and is that's true. That's a very good thing. It is yeah. a very good thing. I would say that about both of y'all. And mm. very, very personable. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> big fan of Forsyth. Big yeah. fan of Brooke. Big fan of the whole family. Yeah. So. Well, I'm yeah. familiar with working working with um, family, <laughs> too. That's right. So or I guess Art, is he still involved a little bit or no? No, he's fully retired. 100% um, retired. 100% <laughs> retired, I think. Um, he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do in retirement, but they're they're staying busy, you know, with everything that's going on over the past six, seven months. It's it's been a challenge for for I think um, folks who are retired, folks still looking to stay active. Um, you know, the environment hasn't necessarily been the most safe for people, uh, or at least the, the way sure. we feel. So, but they're staying busy. You know, they like to, to stay active. They go to the beach a lot. And oh, good. For he them. pops into the office you know, every <laughs> <Sure>. so often, <laughs> checking you know, up on checking you guys. out, yeah. make sure things are going the way he expects them to be going. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think to add to John's point there, I mean, this business is so rewarding because you meet so many good folks, and absolutely. you. You become lifelong friends. Oh, for know? sure, yeah. Um, and so you're not only their financial advisor and kind of their financial quarterback, but they become really, really good family friends of, mm -hmm. of you as well. So I think that's probably tough when you do kind of step away from the business. I think that was probably a larger challenge for him, yeah, because a lot of the families that we work with, we've worked with for decades. Yeah. Right? I mean, we bring new clients on every week from that standpoint, but we do a very good job at treating the family right, engaging with the kids, engaging with the grandkids. Right. And so that transgenerational wealth transfer is something that um, we're, we're, we're very happy that we've been able to, to be so successful at. Yeah, so it's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. What would, if y'all had to give like one or two tips for somebody who just wants to 
you know, start investing in a retirement fund kind of at some different age brackets. Can you, do you have some tips for us for somebody that might be in their 20s and then somebody who might be a little bit older who hasn't sure. got the start they wanted to? Yeah, no, I appreciate it, John. So I'll, I'll kind of start with maybe like the younger folks, right? So um, I think it's all about keeping it simple and high quality. Um, you know, I, I think if you can build a relationship with, with an advisor that's closer to your age, that's, you know, not looking to retire before you're going to, um, and work with a team mentality, um, and just have low cost, transparent advice, um, I think that would be a great way to, to go about it and just make sure that the quality aspect of it, um, is there. Make sure that the advisor that you're working with is telling you exactly what you own. If you're young, you need to own stocks. You need to own high quality stocks. You need to own growth stocks. We'll get into that a little bit more, but I would say that's probably the one piece is build a relationship with with a younger advisor um, and focus on the quality and make sure you know what you own. Yeah, I think that's a good point because well, you're my advisor and we're, <laughs> we're similar ages, but. If you were, you know, if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're dealing with a 60 plus year old financial advisor, that's one intimidating sure. and, you know, harder to build that relationship. So that's that's a good point to find somebody yeah. that's kind of younger and more towards your age age bracket. Oh, yeah. And, and to that point as well, I think that's another bright spot that we've got for the future is you look at the average age of financial advisors in the industry and I don't know if it's at the upper 50s or 60, right? And so that's still a young age. I mean, what, 60 is the new 50, 50 is the new 40. Yeah. However, um, people that are looking to move serious money and have serious money managed want to make sure there's continuity, right? right? And that's one thing that our office, our practice, um, really focuses a lot on is that continuity. I mean, Mike made a comment um, earlier that, you know, brought in a new, another new client yesterday and she kind of asked, well, who's my point person? And right. Mike's response to her was like, any one of us. Listen, we're yeah. all we're all up to speed with what goes on in our client portfolios, and the way we manage money allows us to um, to, to to be able to to work with anybody within the office. You know, That's so it. it's uh, it's a comfortable feeling, it truly is. Yeah, it is. And to piggyback off of kind of what John said, there is you know the the team mentality is something that we feel is rare in the business. Um, you know, being an independent practice, we we work for our clients, mm-hmm. and. Um, having that team mentality, I think, is very rare because if you're working with a larger brokerage firm, most times they may say they're working with a team. But I, what I've kind of seen is most of those advisors are in competition with themselves. Yeah. Um, so that is not the case in our office. You know, one of us takes care of a client. We're all taking care of a client. Mm-hmm. That's right. Try to stay humble. I'll always put the client first. You know, good things will happen if you stay busy and you do the right things. Yeah. You know, just... It all comes to a head at some point in time. So it's worked out well. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, do y'all have any um, any horror stories of things that you've seen go wrong with people that are that invest too risky or any success stories that come to mind of the opposite happening? I mean, I've got one right on the top of my mind right now. And <laughs> I've got one account that I look at all the time. It's not an account that is discretionary, meaning not one we manage. The client calls in. He's been a long-time client, so we're still given the ability to, to call in his trades on a kind of an unsolicited basis. But like, for example, this whole burgeoning marijuana industry, it has not been a good industry to invest in mm. uh, thus far. We've got you know, a client that has poured money into a sure. number of different companies, and, and, you know, basically trading pennies on the dollar at this point in time. Yeah. And, and, and so I guess to the point, fat investing usually doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Long term, like Mike said, quality, transparency, lower cost. Yeah. That's what works long term. Um, people can get wrapped up into current phenomena that are going on. And so sometimes it can really put a hurting on you. Yeah. Sure. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I think one that comes to mind, you know, we, we were lucky to work with a, a family, and unfortunately uh, the, the mother had passed away, and we had inherited a client, um, her son, and he had some outside assets, and he had no idea what he owned. He had no idea what he was paying. I mean, John and I, you know, kind of looked at the fees that he was paying, and it was much, much more than, you know, what we typically charge a client, obviously, just by breaking that down. And the other thing that he owned, he owned some some things out there that aren't necessarily liquid. And what we mean by that is that you can't get out of them. You can't get in and out of them very quickly mm-hmm. like you could a, a mutual fund or a stock. <laughs> exactly. And unfortunately, those happen to be in the real estate industry. And real estate is really struck. Commercial real estate has struggled with this whole COVID-19 environment. So, you know, unfortunately, like John said, some getting out of some of those things are going to be challenging. And when, if and when we can, it may be pennies on the dollar. So know what you own. That's, yeah. that's the goal right, right there. Yeah. That's right. Well, and hire a professional. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think yeah. I think a lot of people are guilty of probably thinking that they're professionals <laughs> when they're, when, you know, I'm sure some people can do some investing on their own. It's not hard but. to make money when the market's going up. Yeah. Right. And and the market, uh, give or take a couple of blips along the way since the financial crisis 08, in 08 and 09 has really been on an upward trend. And so people think that, oh, hey, I, I can do this myself. A good shakeout. And unfortunately, which means that the market, you know, probably and it will drop at some point in time. But tumultuous times create the need for advice, right? And, and advice that people give that just has no emotion involved in it. Exactly. And that's one thing we really try to purge out of, 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 of the client concern is the amount of emotion that really mm. can be apparent in investing. And we just, it's something that based on how we do things, we just, we don't have emotion involved in it. And we just try to make the right moves at the right time. And it's been a phenomenal year. Yeah, really that's have. a good point. I think people freak out and want to Pull, pull their money out, and that's never a good idea. But <laughs> Yeah, and I think the other thing that's a little bit more unique to our practice is we do the investment management in-house. So, you know, John, myself, other members of the team are actually picking the, you know, stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, whatever they are, what's in the best interest of the clients, in our opinion. We're doing that, um, and that helps take the emotion out that much further. Mm-hmm. It does, and then mm-hmm. we can speak specifically to how things are going f- to a client. We don't have to look at somebody else's research notes to be able to, to speak to how that portfolio is performed for a client. We pick the investments. Yeah. It's on us. We can very easily um, dissect a portfolio for a client. And, and when we say quality, um, transparent, and low cost, we truly mean that. Yeah. When a sure. client leaves, they know exactly what they own. When a new client onboards, they know exactly where their money is going to go. Yeah. Right. I think you guys are so great at making it an individualized process because you know, depending on your age and your so many different factors come in. I love that you guys will, I know you sit down with me and I know you do with all your clients kind of once a year or so. And okay, what are your, what's your goals? What's your game plan? And kind of work with people on an individualized. We do. Basis. And technology makes that a lot easier, Brooke, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've adopted a lot of technology over the course of the past decade, if you will. And um, it resonates not only with the younger clients, but it also resonates with retired clients because the simplicity of the technology we use speaks to itself. And again, it truly helps clients understand what they own, how risky it is, and and what to expect in terms of returns going forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, the asset management piece is a huge part of that, right? So we're managing clients, you know, building wealth and wealth that they have. But they're also, like you said, the goal planning is very important. You know, if we're working with uh, a younger, you know, some younger folks and they're one of their goals is to buy a house, then we're obviously going to tailor that plan to help them reach that goal. Whereas, again, when you've got somebody in the retirement red zone, uh, call it a 55, 60-year-old that's getting ready to, to look at 
retiring, well, their plan is going to look completely different than that younger person trying to put that down payment down. Sure, sure. What's the kind of, my parents always told me, like, as soon as you can, but what's kind of that ideal age to start saving for retirement? Birth. (laughs) (laughs) With as expensive as things have gotten recently. No, I mean, when you have the money to invest, you know, there are ways to get dollars accumulated for um, for kids at younger ages, whether it's in custodial accounts or whether it's saving for college and 529 plans. But I think Mike can attest to the fact that it's uh, it's not what you own, right? It's 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 how long you've had your money invested, yeah. right? It is time in the market from that standpoint. Buying quality investments, not overpaying for them and continually adding to them when, the, when you have money available yeah, yeah. will put you light years um, ahead of the average yeah. person, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree with John there. I mean, again, the time to invest money is when you got it right, but mm-hmm. it's also important to just get something done systematically, whether that's in your 401k or your Roth IRA or just a brokerage account. Yeah, you know? sure. Uh, just doing something systematic. My parents really like drove that in as growing up too, the, the systematic giving. Even if it's, I think some people make the mistake of thinking, well, I don't have you know, a thousand dollars a month to save, but like, that's okay. It's okay. Don't. 50 bucks a month right. yeah. accumulates us and crumbs make biscuits yeah. over time. Yeah. What's they that, truly what's that crazy? I'm sure y'all told me, but like if you, it's some very minute amount of money that if you start at a really young age, it turns into just like an insane Well, statistically amount. it kind of works out like this. If you start saving at 25 and stop saving at 35, right? And never save another dime again you'll have more money than the person who started at 35 and saves for the rest of their career. Wow. Right? It is compound huh. returns. The, the old general saying is man's greatest invention was a compounding of interest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. It's also true with returns, right? I mean, stocks don't necessarily pay interest, but they pay dividends and that compounds and it grows year over year. And that's the reality of the situation is, you know, it takes 10, 15, 20 years of adding money to an investment by that point in time, you start to see things mushroom, right? Mm-hmm. If you're getting good advice along the way and then you're not overpaying for what you get and um, yeah, starting young, putting a little bit of money away. Yeah. And you're going to have to this day and age. I mean, it's with social welfare programs like social security and Medicare and all the things that current retirees enjoy, the, the, the solvency of those programs is definitely um, up in the air sure. right, for, for, for future generations. So, the um, responsibility to save is ultimately going to fall on you know the investor from that standpoint. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, making like John kind of alluded to there is making your money work for you. You know, if you if you've got an investment that's paying a dividend, we'll reinvest those dividends. You know, that's money that's going back into that and just buying more and more shares. So, like he said, it's a mushroom effect. It does. Mm-hmm. It really does. I like it. Well, we have a few more minutes, but I want to see if y'all have any final um, thoughts before we do our lightning round of questions. <laughs> any tips or any? So that's, there, there's a lot of drama going on in the country, right? <laughs> sure. So let's just go really? ahead and throw, let's address the 500 pound gorilla in the room right, at this point right. in time. Listen, we have an, we're going to have an election here in November. We do this every four years, Rook, right? We elect the most powerful man or woman in the world every four years. Right. Does this one feel more dramatic, more sensational than yes. last year's and the year before? You know, it does, right? Um, but I think we could go back in time and look at at events that were occurring around elections and say that, you know what, it's not a reoccurring theme, but emotions usually do run high around election time periods. Uh, I mean, I know the country is very divided at this point in time, sure, but we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. We truly will. This virus situation is real. There's no doubt. People are being infected by it. Their their families are being affected by it. 
But we've got to continue to keep our heads down and do what we do. We're going to get through this election. Statistics say that, yes, the market gets a little volatile around the election, but we will get through it. And, and in the end, you take a look at numbers, and by the end of the following year, traditionally the market's up 10% or so after an election. So right. this is time to figure out you know, what dollars you do have potentially to put to work, make sure that you're not overexposed in any one particular area. Right. And, um, and, and just because the headlines are dramatic, we don't change the long-term things that we do to accomplish our goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's just life. The market goes up and down. It does. <laughs> it does. It's always going to. Well, it does. What, um, that's right. That's what gives us a chance for returns. I mean, those dividends reinvesting at lower time periods when the market drops, that's how real wealth is accumulated. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I think another thought to kind of keep in your mind is that the stock market is not necessarily the economy. You know, there's thing. You know, the stock market is usually a leading indicator. So a lot of times, the stock market has digested a lot of bad news that has already happened. It's a forward-looking vehicle, typically. So, um, you know, just trying to keep that in mind. Again, certain things that we're looking at as far as companies, we're kind of seeing how they pivoted during this whole COVID nineteen, and seeing what companies are going to be the most relevant moving forward if this is kind of the new world we're living in. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. All good points. All right, are y'all ready for some? Some lightning round questions. Let's sure, can it. you give them all to mine? <laughs> <laughs> no, you both have to answer. <laughs> all right, they're easy. First one, what's your favorite ice cream flavor, Mike? Got to be Moose Tracks. Ooh, that's Got to be Moose Tracks. One. Peanut butter, chocolate, vanilla. It's you didn't the skip a beat. <laughs> no, I did. No. Got to be. Black cherry. Ooh. I love black cherry. That's a solid Absolutely. one. All right, I don't know if you guys are familiar with love languages. Are you all familiar with the five love languages? Dr. Vaguely. Chapman? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I should be more familiar with the five <laughs> love languages, especially if my wife is listening to that. I'm familiar generally, yes. If you are, do you know what your love language is? Man, my wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know that hers is quality time. Uh-huh. Um, hey, I'm impressed that you know, yeah, know hers so quickly. Yeah, I know that hers is quality time. Um, you know, I, I think mine would probably be Words of affirmation, mm-hmm. I think that's one. Yeah, so I that think, is one. Yeah, um, I think that would probably be that would be mine. Yeah, I think those are so interesting. How <laughs> even not even just with your marriage, but with like friendships. And, are you googling <laughs> yeah, 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 five yeah. love languages, Which John? Be my <laughs> so, I, and, and I was supposed to read the book. Uh, I got, I, I, you know, I got about a couple chapters in. Don't so, listen, yeah, Kelly. Yeah, don't listen, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. That oh, and it's so cool that it's so that's so famous, and that Dr. Chapman lives right here. In he does. He does. Right. And he's been at a number of. Rotary engagements and a lot of different events that have, that have yeah. happened in our town. Certainly. Yeah. Well, this one is definitely relevant to you guys, but what um, what age would you ideally want to retire? Oh, goodness. Well, so I, I, I told Mike, what, a year or two ago, my goal is to become irrelevant around the office. Now, that doesn't mean irrelevant. that I want to retire, <laughs> but that means that the office can continue to, to go on without me, just like my father wanted the same thing. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got to give my dad some props from that standpoint. He, he really instilled a lot of good values in, in, in me, which I believe you know, run transparent through the business. Sure. But, I mean, when it's all said and done, I'd just like to have more free time in my 50s yeah. and to be able to travel more. And, and I think as long as we continue to build out a practice like we have, I think that's totally doable, and that's getting closer and closer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm in my 30s, and, you know, again, just kind of getting into the the heart of my career, especially with the practice I'm with. I'm not going anywhere. Obviously, I'm a partner, luckily. 
Um, I think that my, my goal is just like John said, is to probably just start having more and more free time as mm-hmm. we do get into more of the 50 plus range. But um, continuing to have good human capital too, finding good people and just grooming those people underneath us to make sure that we have a lot of trust in the office that our clients are being taken care of no matter who's in the office and who they're talking to. Yeah. I think retirement is different these days. I think my mom would agree that she's, I like the irrelevant in the office. That's, that's kind of what she's working towards. Is she's still, you know, when you love what you do so much, right. you still want to be engaged, working and engaged yeah. and involved, but you want that free time to travel and paddleboard as mom does all the time and do, <laughs> do have all those fun things in life. Yeah. So. Well, and you want other people to be able to benefit from the fruits of previous generations' labor. I mean, mm-hmm. just like I... This practice is benefiting from being established with my dad many, many years ago, and then the growth that we've had. And you know, we've, Mike brought Mike in a number of years ago. We've got Brandon James who just came in right. um, here recently, and and then the goal is going to be f- to find another person behind Brandon so yeah. that there is a succession plan. We don't ever want our clients to worry about who's going to be managing the money if there was an unforeseen event. Yeah, right. that's never anything we want our clients to worry about. Well, yeah. and since you guys are so team oriented, I think that none of your clients are, are concerned about that. Anyways, they they know that somebody Thanks. will take Thanks care for the of them. Feedback. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we appreciate that. We appreciate that for sure. All right, last question. The most, the deepest question of all. Oh wait, no, I have another one. This one's not deep at all. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? I'm way worse than John. <laughs> Are you really? Because yeah. sometimes I find myself at 11.30 going out and pouring my last cup. But usually three for me. Yeah, I'm four plus. Dang, four look plus. at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. 9 a.m. hits, I got my cup of coffee, my headset on, and I'm calling a client. You there know, you go. So, um, and it just kind of goes until lunch. So I'm four on average. That's funny. I like it. All right, this is the last deep question. Okay. What does it take for, or what does a person need to be happy? Or what does it take for a person to be happy? Well, you didn't put financial in there. So you're talking about just general happiness, right? I mean, that's a deep question. It is. It is. um, You know, I think that there's things in life that are rewarding. For me, I knew that I wanted to be in a position where I was helping people. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that I can be a part of somebody's life, whether it's a friend or giving advice or whatever, as long as I think I'm giving a positive impact on them, whether it's financially doing what I do professionally or on a personal note, as long as I think of I'm helping somebody out in a positive way, that's what I see as, you know, being happy. So, you know, that's my two yeah. cents. That's so fitting for you. You're so, yeah. Very much so. And then from like 10, 15 years older from that standpoint, I mean, the two things that come to my mind, really think more from a family standpoint, people need to be loved and they need to feel secure, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes those two go together. Um, But security can be a lot of different things. Sure, we help with the financial aspect of it, but um, we're... We're more like psychologists a lot of times, right? Sometimes, I mean, it yeah. really truly is. But uh, to me, that'd be happiness, being mm-hmm. loved by many people and feeling yeah. secure and, and content where you are. You yeah. know, it's, you know, it may like change it. 10 years from now, but I still want to be loved. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that won't change. <laughs> right, right. That's exactly. Good answers. I like it. Well, hey, thank you all so much for coming on and giving us a little debriefing of Marzano Capital Group. You guys are awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lucky to be able to do it. it. Yeah. And where can people find find more out about Marzano Capital Group? 
website, social media, Facebook, and we've been lucky to to have recently brought in a full time person to to help out with our That's social it. media and public relations, and awesome. and so you're going to see more and more from Marzano Capital Group. We're trying to put more educational videos out there, short educational videos, so that people can see what we're about and, yeah, and, and get a I good message. That. But check us out on Facebook. We're always putting good stuff out there. Website and, yep. and, and around town at different nonprofits. We're always volunteering and mm-hmm. you can see us pretty much anywhere. Awesome. Really yep. Love it. That's it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Facebook will definitely have uh, continued um, momentum. I mean, Allie's done a great job there. So there's going to be um, a lot of posts, like John said, and then our website, MarzanoCapitalGroup.com. Um, check us out. That's going to be continued to be revamped over the course of the next couple months. So check awesome. it out when you get a chance. That's right. We've got a, a new uh, what uh, cover page or a new photo of our group. And we've got some new people oh, in. Oh, yeah, so, I saw it at yeah. uh, Incendiary. Incendiary. Yep. Yep. It was yep. really My favorite spot. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, know. I need to get back there. That makes two of us. <laughs> that right. makes two of us. All right. Thanks, thanks again, guys. Thanks, and you can always find Forsyth Magazines on Facebook and Instagram as well, at Forsyth Mags. And that's it. That's a wrap. Y'all have a great day. You too. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazines Incorporated. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance, a registered investment advisor. Independent Advisor Alliance and Marzano Capital Group are separate entities from LPL Financial. The opinions and forecasts voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal.